This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 22, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Anna Schwartz, along with Milton Friedman, literally wrote the book on monetary history in America. And in doing so, they helped revolutionize thinking about the causes of the Great Depression. It is no exaggeration to say that Anna Schwartz was among the greatest economists of the 20th century. She died this week at the age of 96. Jim Dorn, a friend and colleague of Anna Schwartz for many years, comments on her legacy. I had a couple of brief conversations with Anna Schwartz. You knew her very well. And uh, even in the very brief time that I spoke with her, she struck me as somebody who didn't have a, a high degree of sensitivity to what other people thought of what she was saying. No, she was a real iron lady, uh, really a, a tough woman. She had this uh, raspy voice, uh, very sharp mind, uh, and she knew economic history better than just about anybody I can think of, in ter- including economic theory and monetary theory. Uh, and of course, she did the famous study with Milton Friedman. She was an instrumental part of that study of monetary history of the United States, um, which was published in 1963. And she was not afraid to criticize uh, top officials, including Alan Greenspan and Ben Bernanke, if she thought they were going the wrong way. Uh, she was a member, uh, one of the early members of the Shadow Open Market Committee that was founded by Carl Bruner and uh, Alan Meltzer. And uh, the function of that committee uh, was basically to see what the Fed was doing and to criticize the Fed if they were going in the direction that uh, the members of the Shadow Open Market Committee thought was uh, wrong for the economy. Uh, She was interested in long-term trends. Uh, She didn't think monetary policy uh, could affect real variables in the long run. She, She didn't think it could reduce the unemployment rate. It might be able to give the economy some some fuel in the short term, uh, but she wanted long-term stable growth and she wanted free markets, free trade, flexible exchange rates, and stable monetary policy guided by a rule, not by discretion. She was very critical. She didn't think the Fed had the knowledge or the information to really fine-tune the ec- the economy. Uh, and she was very critical of discretionary monetary policy. She and Milton Friedman, as you mentioned, worked together, and they literally wrote the book on monetary history in the United States. How did that come about? Well, Anna was uh, a young associate at the National Bureau of Economic Research, and Friedman, of course, was at Chicago. And this was before fax machines and computers. and uh, They corresponded and they worked on this book for a number of years before it was published. They were both interested. Of course, Milton uh, had his monetary workshop at Chicago. Uh, He was very interested in monetary history and the effect of money on the economy. And he he didn't buy Keynesianism. Uh, uh, And he wanted to see what the effect uh, of money had been during the years prior to the Great uh, Depression, 1929-1933. And what he found and what Anna found, uh, contrary to earlier beliefs, is that the sharp decrease in the money supply, which the Fed allowed to occur uh, between 1929 and 1933, the the money supply actually decreased by over a third uh, because of rigid wages and prices, uh, lack of flexibility. It had a devastating effect on the economy. Uh, so they blamed the Great Depression primarily on f- uh, the failure of Federal Reserve policy. Uh, and uh, this really changed the tide of thinking. Uh, they, were, they were quantity theorists. They believed that the quantity of money 
was a key variable in business fluctuations. And when uh, you had erratic growth in the money supply, not in line with real productivity growth, that this could either cause uh, inflation if you had excessive supply of money or deflation uh, if you had a, a deficient supply of money. Milton Friedman uh, thought that the optimal quantity of money should allow for a gentle deflation. He was not against a gentle deflation caused by productivity increases. Uh, it was a classical position. Anna Schwartz also, I mean, she thought that the classical, the pre-World War I gold standard was a successful monetary regime uh, because people followed the rules of the game. They didn't try to sterilize and prevent gold flows from affecting domestic money supplies, which is what they did uh, later on. Uh, so both uh, Milton and Anna uh, really, from their empirical uh, work, found that there was a lot of evidence to support the quantity theory of money with some vari variations. And that's why Milton said that uh, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. That's what they're – and this is just common sense. David Hume thought this. But yet today, we have even the, in the Wall Street Journal today, they had a, a, a column on Anna Schwartz on the editorial page. And they said that Anna thought that uh, Federal Reserve policy and, and money could affect real growth. Well, that's totally wrong. She didn't think that. She thought that uh, monetary policy could affect uh, nominal variables, but she didn't think that it could affect and reduce unemployment uh, or create real economic growth. But yet we see that every day now in the newspapers from the Federal Reserve, from other central banks, that they're printing money basically uh, to stimulate the economy. We haven't got inflation because some of this uh, increase in the monetary space has been sterilized and hasn't resulted in higher prices, but also because the Federal Reserve now pays interest on excess reserves. Uh, and there's a lot of excess reserves. If those come into the system at some point, you're going to have very, very serious inflation. So the Fed needs some type of exit strategy. You said that Milton Friedman and Anna Schwartz working together and her work later helped create sort of a sea change in thinking about the Great Depression, about what caused the Great Depression. How much currency do those ideas have today? Uh, ben Bernanke is a great student of the Great Depression. You know, what, what is her legacy, really? The problem today is that uh, people have forgot about money. In the Federal Reserve's models, they're very complex, dynamic, stochastic, general equilibrium models, as they call them. There's no money. Uh, they have uh, general equilibrium. What Anna and Milton uh, rested their theories upon were earlier uh, theories on what they called the theory of monetary disequilibrium uh, that Clark Warburton and other people had developed. Uh, but it goes back to earlier American monetary history where they saw money uh, – if money – in equilibrium, uh, the supply of money and the demand of money are, are in equilibrium, let's say, uh, then money doesn't affect the economy too much. Things go along nicely. Money is a medium of exchange and so on. Uh, and then the markets adjust. There can still be recessions and so forth, but the markets uh, adjust. But if there's uh, fairly significant fluctuations in the money supply uh, that don't match changes in real economic growth, either way too much money or deficiency of money as during the Depression, uh, then you get this monetary disequilibrium. And then Say's law of markets, which says basically that supply creates its own demand, that what's important in the economy is pro productivity, 
production, and a real effective demand emerges from that. If you have monetary disequilibrium, <clears throat> it basically uh, uh, throws a monkey wrench into that system. And that's why Anna and Milton thought that uh, stable money was so important, price level stability over the long run, credibility uh, was extremely important. And of course, uh, through their work, the whole idea of, uh, of Phillips curve was thrown out. Uh, you know, nobody, th for a long time, people said, no, there's no Phillips curve, there's no trade-off in the long run. Even in the short run, because of rational expectations, there's probably no trade-off. Uh, so monetary policy should be aimed at stabilizing the money supply growth and bring about stable prices over the long run and not be involved in anything else. Uh, well, today, uh, the Federal Reserve basically has built into its models a Phillips curve, a short-run Phillips curve at least. Uh, so Anna and Milton Friedman's legacy will ultimately be that they reintroduce the importance of monetary variables uh, that when they're in disequilibrium, it could cause serious problems. And that the Fed is very limited in what it can do. Uh, and what it should do, according to them, is to have a simple monetary rule, not discretion, that ties the Fed Reserve's hands. Uh, and the Fed has strayed far from that. Uh, and as a result, and it was very critical uh, in the last several years, the Federal Reserve policy. Uh, but I think she will be proven right in the longer term. And uh, the next step would be to introduce some type of a rule on the Fed uh, that would uh, basically allow markets to set interest rates and get the Fed out of that business and to have more certainty in the monetary regime. Now, of course, a more radical change would be to abolish the Fed completely. And Friedman wouldn't be against that. And probably Anna wouldn't either. Uh, but you have to have the right institutional framework. So you have to talk about a transition. Uh, I mean, Friedman basically wanted to have a, the uh, Federal Reserve abolished and open up an office in the Treasury Department that could provide uh, a, a stable and certain growth in the monetary base. Later on, he changed even, he said, uh, we should freeze the monetary base. So uh, they were thinking of, of more radical reforms. Uh, they weren't really that happy uh, with the way the Federal Reserve had evolved. Uh, now, f of course, during the Great Moderation, when uh, Greenspan was at the Fed, uh, Friedman thought he was the best Fed chairman ever, but I think he changed his mind later on, certainly Anna did. Jim Dorn is the Vice President for Academic Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read some selected writings of Anna Schwartz at our website, cato.org.